Hi everyone, this is Laura Rosenblum. In this episode, I sat down with Florian Otto, co-founder and CEO of Cedar. Cedar is a technology company that is aiming to bring billing and the patient experience to the 21st century. Prior to Cedar, Florian spent time in leadership roles at ZocDoc and Groupon Brazil, as well as McKinsey. Florian participated in a panel at the Wharton Healthcare Business Conference. The panel was titled The Digital Democratization of Healthcare. In full disclosure, I spent this past summer working as a business development intern at Cedar, and I think the company is off to do great things. I hope you enjoy this recap of what Florian and I discussed after his panel participation. Thanks and enjoy. Thanks, Florian, for joining us. Really enjoyed your participation in the panel. Thank um, you so much for having me. Yeah, to summarize for our listeners, Cedar is trying to bring patient engagement to the 21st century. Uh, current sentiment is that the financial experience is not transparent, convenient, or fair. Anything you'd want to add to the Cedar's, Cedar mission and what you're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I think the, the, the most interesting uh, thing is to really understand that the, the consumer in healthcare, the expectations right now, what they have on the healthcare system and how to engage with them, is actually really... Um, yeah, increasing all of the time. Why is that? Because all the other industries are getting better, 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 and in the healthcare system, actually not. So right now, slowly, there's a delta between what the consumer has in the healthcare system and any other industry that becomes so big that the uh, consumers are not accepting that anymore. What types of industries do you think that you're looking at to emulate, or who are you modeling Cedar's platform off of? I mean, there are a bunch of industries, but I think the, uh, one of the very easy to understand is, for example, uh, travel industry. So in travel industry, for example, imagine the 70s or 80s, you had these big enterprise companies like Sabre or Amadeus that really did this back-end technology. Um, and between these back-end technologies and the consumer, there was basically just a manual travel agency, right? They accessed the Sabre system and then sold the tickets. Um, and then slowly, I would say in the uh, late 90s, came all these um, consumer platforms like the Expedia, the Booking.com, and the Hotels.com, and the Kayak. And they actually had a huge impact because it was the first time where the consumer could serve themselves and access all of this data in the platform. Um, and we strongly believe in healthcare that doesn't exist yet. So you have the consumer and you have the enterprise software, which is the Epics and the Cerners, but no consumer really can interact with that. And that's where CEDA is positioning and we want to basically build this consumer platform. Makes sense. Um, the panel that you just spoke on was called um, the democratizing the digital health experience. And April Gill from WellTalk talked about democratization really being the same as access. How is Cedar about, how is Cedar thinking about its role in keeping patients connected to their care? Yeah, I think, I mean, um, access of course is important, but in my opinion, it's, uh, it's actually transparency and convenience that is really important. Because how do you want to democratize something if you don't have transparency? Right? Imagine right now, I mean, democracy, for example, even in the political sense, imagine right now you have dem democracy, but nobody knows what's going on. So it's not really helped to have democracy. It's actually even worse to have <laughs> a democracy if people don't know it. So my opinion is um, you cannot talk about democratization without transparency. And that's in this order. So transparency and then democratization. In your mind, then, with that in mind, what is, what is the ideal patient experience and what are you trying to design at Cedar? Yeah, I think the, the ideal um, patient experience is where we basically put the patient back in the center of the entire healthcare system. So right now, the patient is basically being pushed through different experiences throughout the entire healthcare journey. And what we basically want to emulate, that we want to take basically virtually the patient by the hand and walk the patient through the entire journey. And that, of course, needs to be very personalized. It needs to be very convenient. So 
Um, imagine, for example, how the air, back to the travel industry and how the airlines did it, right? So they at least have this very simple app, all these airlines, where you can purchase your ticket right now, um, uh, mobile, you can change your seat, you can check in, you have your boarding pass on your mobile phone, you can even order food right now. Um, and then uh, after the discharge, for example, from the plane ride, you basically can see your miles and all your, your accounts. And in healthcare, that's what we need to do as well. So from the beginning to the end of this entire journey, we need to somehow have a consistent factor, which definitely needs to be digital. Uh, and one last question. You had a great quote during the panel talking about the fact that costs in healthcare will continue to go up. There's almost an expectation that they will, which is not necessarily a bad thing if productivity changes and improves as well. Can you expand on that a little bit? Sure, absolutely. And um, I have no problems there to be a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I basically think the cost will go up because the need also goes up. So I don't think it's a bad thing. And very frankly, and I also might be very contrarian with that, <laughs> Paying 20% for your healthcare, if the healthcare is good, is actually fine. I'm totally cool paying 20% to my healthcare. I'm not cool paying 20% uh, of, for example, my salary of the GDP in healthcare if you still have tens of millions of uninsured patients in the country. So that is not working. So what I basically think is um, I'm totally fine if the cost is not, uh, if it stays stable and is not increasing, but the productivity needs to increase. And this Sorry, it goes yeah. back a little bit to the point that you made around um, right now sick people are more willing to pay for their health care than someone who isn't sick or asymptomatic. Exactly. But on the other side, what we need to understand is you don't become sick by choice, right? And I think healthcare is, let's call it like a lottery. You don't know which ticket you get. And of course, there are some behavioral things. I understand that, right? You can, um, the, about nutrition, it's about smoking, it's about drinking and so on. But in the end, it's a lottery. And the problem is, if you have a lottery right now, whether you get sick or you might uh, have, uh, you, you might stay um, healthy until the rest of your life, you cannot bear the burden on your own. So it makes absolutely no sense to have any non-insured people in a country that is as rich as the U.S. I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much, Florian. Um, we're so happy to have you join us at the Board and Healthcare Business Conference this year. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Laura. <laughs>